Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta of like the rubber when it's game time they like the bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports matter to the sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports, of course, on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. Jimmy the Blueprint will be with us in a matter of moments. Look, man, the combine is over, and the NBA playoff race is heating up, and it may not include a familiar face. We're going to talk about all of it, so keep it locked right here in the War Room. Um, we're going to talk about this and everything else happening in the, war, in the world of sports. And if you want to get in on the conversation yourself, make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty Chat Room. That's at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, the War Room Sports uh, Game Time group on the group me at. Uh, wherever you need to join us, wherever you want to get your point across, you can do so. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes. After we talk the NFL Combine with the homie Fred Purdue, when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number is 323-410-0012. Of course, as usual, before we get started, make sure that during the week when you guys are chilling, not doing much, while you call yourselves working, in the background, you can throw on archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the Warroom Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we're probably there. What up, King? What's going on? Man, thank you to meet you. Um, no, nah, man, it's it's been an interesting uh it's been an interesting week. Um I'm, I'm I'm watching the conflicting narratives being pushed about um the king. <laughs> I say that with air quotes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna get into that later, but there's the whole you know, yeah, he's that stuff. And, we definitely, uh, so he's definitely. And he's also a terrible teammate and a horrible leader. It's a, it's a, lot, of, it's a lot of kings in the news this week, though, man. They, they trying to roof the king of pop. Um, the, the king of R&B, by all accounts, has been trying to roof himself since the 90s. Um, <laughs> so, so you got R. Kelly doing interviews with Gail King, the greatest sidekick the sidekicks have ever seen. Um, no King disrespect to you, Maverick Carter. Um, and 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 then you got the 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 fine the leaving Neverland documentary that aired on HBO. I have yet to see it, so I really can't talk much about it. Um, what about yourself? Have you seen Leaving Neverland? Are they trying to roof the uh, King of Pop? I have no interest in seeing Michael Jackson or his monkey. Um, but <laughs> I find interesting that um. There are a lot of people that the I I find the reaction to this interesting. I mean, people are pulling songs. People, it, it's it's interesting. 
Yeah. And the crazy part is, like, you know, I'm not trying to, t- you know, I, I just don't think they have the same kind of evidence, the same kind of information. And I, they I have no evidence. So I'll, I'll wait. They don't seem like they have the same kind of stuff that they had on an R. Kelly. So, but but we're living in the, they call it the cancel culture. I just call it, the, I call it roof culture because they're just trying to roof everybody who gets an accusation. And, and we'll actually talk in a little while about somebody who, you know, almost got their life ruined over a little accusation in today's climate. And the person had to basically go back and retract uh, what she said about the dude. But this this is just how quick we are to cancel people these days. Um, the By all accounts, the, the two guys that made the Michael Jackson documentary um were two of the people who played an instrumental part in him being found not guilty in his trial in the first place. And even after that, supported Mike to the fullest. A lot of people in the know are are basically saying, you know, this is a money grab. And since he's not here to defend himself, you know, these people really don't care. I don't know. You know, as the facts, quote unquote facts will come out, I'll check out the documentary make my own opinion about it, but in today's climate, man, it's really like, it's damned if you did, as it's supposed to be, but it's also damned if you didn't, because now, like like I said, we're canceling people just off accusations these days. Um, the funny thing about it is, I know some people out there listening, they're probably agreeing with us, like, uh-huh, that's how they did my man, and they still, you know, you still got people defending Bill Cosby when there was evidence on evidence on evidence. Yeah. R. Kelly, there's evidence on evidence on evidence. So I'm not agreeing with you people as out there nodding your heads, thinking that we're saying the same thing because we're not. Yeah, we are certainly not. My man Bill said I gave women drugs so that I could have sex with them while they were inebriated. Like he admitted it in a deposition. Come on, man, that's not the same thing. Please, uh, black people. We'll get to all of this stuff. Um, a little bit later right now, we're going to get into what we're here for, and that's sports. We got Fred Purdue waiting on the line to talk some NFL combine and some breaking NFL news. But before we get to Fred, got to tell you guys that Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie. For all you degenerate gamblers out there, let's talk about how much dough you can make betting on sports at my bookie. The NBA and NHL seasons are into their final stretches. Uh, opening day in the MLB is just around the corner. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time for you to do so. You can lay down some money on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Not .com, not .net, .ag. You tired of getting a runaround from those other services when it's time for your payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast without any hassle basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the damn game start. That's crazy. I know that sold you. So join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard it right. 100%. All you got to do is use the promo code WARROOM all caps. You can spell it yourself hopefully to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, Period. All right, so let's go. We got we got the homie Fred Purdue on the line. Fred in the building. What's going on, partner? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? 
Good, man. Good, good, good. And just like before, man, we we just going to take this segment, <laughs> extract it, and we're going to make a whole two other shows out of this. Fred, if you guys, you know, if you've been listening to the network, you know that Fred is my uh, partner for our NFL show, which is Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue, and he is the star of his own college football show, uh, Quick Slants. Uh, he's with us today to talk some post uh, NFL combine stuff, and you know, there's no no better person to do it than Fred. So um, we're gonna jump right into it. I guess real quick before we do, I guess we got to do this. There's been some breaking news in the NFL. Fred, you can do the honors on it. <laughs> the Denver Broncos have traded Case Keenum quarterback, who was just recently signed last year to the Washington professional football team for a six-round pick. What are these teams doing? Elway is the John Elway <laughs> of bad quarterback evaluators. <laughs> he is. He's, no, I say this every time Denver or John Elway or their quarterback situation comes up. John Elway has failed to replace John Elway in all these years after John Elway has retired. <laughs> and he's been at the helm. People, yeah, yeah, you're going to say, oh, yeah, Peyton Manning, but come on. An all-time great fill into your lap because yeah. his, you know, former franchise didn't trust his neck. And I'm not mad at them. Like, that was an injury that a lot of people thought, a lot of experts thought he may not have come back from. So, I mean, of course, you take a flyer on Peyton Manning. I don't care who you are and what your situation is. You take a flyer on that. Yeah, John Elway, and it, and John Elway didn't them. have to do much work on that. Right. And, do much and work with the defense him. that they had, you know what I'm saying? You know, Peyton comes in, has an MVP season the second year. He's injured most of the time. You know, comes back in the defense, carries them to a Super Bowl. So they got the, the the results that they wanted, John Elway, and his tenure of being, you know, GM or president of football operations, whatever he's doing over there, his tenure will probably end up being overrated because of that. You know, a, a ring, a trophy will take you a long way in this game, um, whether you're a player or an executive. But, yeah, he, he, they, he they've basically been failures at replacing John Elway. Um, in Denver, and they are rotting away a very good defense right now as we speak, playing musical chairs with their quarterbacks. All right, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, Shout out to them and the Washington professional football team. They got themselves a new quarterback as an NFC East opponent, fan of an NFC East opponent. I'm not scared at all. Have fun with Case Keenum. (laughs) Um, Fred, (laughs) the combine has come and go. The Let's underwear some, Olympics. We, the, yeah, the underwear Olympics have come and go. Um, we have to start, of course. And we spoke a little bit about them last week. We have to start about start with uh, Kyler Murray because I see in a lot of mock draft boards, um, he may be the first player taken off of the board. I don't even know if I agree with that. Um, what were your thoughts about him uh, and guys like Drew Locke uh, during the combine? Well, Kyler Murray, he didn't work out. He opted to uh, work out of his pro day. Smart, pl- smart move. I will yeah, always smart say, when you know you I will <laughs> always say there's two rules to this whole NFL draft. Back in the first round, unless you are at the very bottom and you are a team that has stability. 
Number two, if you are a quarterback, do not throw, do not throw at, at the combine if you are an upper <laughs> echelon guy because you have right. there's no incentive. You're throwing to you guys only, that you have no rapport. You only have down to go. Like you, like yeah, you can't go yeah. up anymore. So you can only mess yeah, up your you stuff. You can't help right. yourself. If you're a top guy, don't do it. Now, if you're a fourth round developmental quarterback, sure, be a be a be a combine arm. That's what they need. They want to see you follow instructions. They want to see different tools. But if you're Kyler Murray, you have no reason to be out there throwing the guys you don't know. Right. I mean, if you look at the mock boards, you already got them fooled. What you going to go out there and throw for? (laughs) I I get the sense that my brother Dev is not a Kyler Murray supporter (laughs) or believer in any way. You know what? I mean, because this is the the underwear. Of course, everybody, when you you bring up the attributes that I think are negative, of course, people are going to name the two greatest that's ever done it, you know, because uh, basically I'm I'm saying he, he's a small cat. You know what I'm saying? He measured out at like 5'10". Small. Um, My man is a he, right. He's the small so, so, of course, when you say that, because that's so, yeah. really not... Yeah, he's small. Yeah. yeah, his size is really not commensurate with NFL success. Of course, people are going to be like, what about Russell Wilson? What about Drew Brees? Okay, but like, how many, how far down the line can you go with that? You know what I'm saying? Mike Vick isn't the tallest dude. You can throw him in there if you want. Drew Brees, um, Russell Wilson, Mike Vick. Uh, if you want to even go to people who were good but not consistently successful, go you ahead. can go to uh, Doug Flutie. Go ahead. <laughs> you can go to the Flutie Flakes. But how far in the history of the NFL are you going to go down this list? So, you know, I, I would stay away from him, period. I'm not as far down on, on Kyler as you are, but I think he – I know he can spin it. I know he has the accuracy. The thing I worry about isn't the height because I want to I want to be a bit of a myth buster here. We all know that the ideal quarterback is about 6'2", maybe 220. That's the ideal quarterback in most people's minds. The average offensive lineman in the NFL is about 6'5". So that right. whole idea of – can he see over the line of scrimmage? That's a bit of a myth because if you're 16, you can't see over a 65 guy. The idea of quarterback is you have to find throwing lanes, and the way these offenses are really evolving now, you can you can work your way around having a 5'10", 5'11", quarterback. The thing is not his height. It's his weight, and that was what I wanted to see. Is mm-hmm. Kyler Murray weighed in at 185, 195. Anything with a one in front of it, I'm worried. That's he not NFL. <laughs> right. At 207, Russell Wilson came in about 208. Uh, so he's fine there. And not all 207s are built the same. Russell Wilson's built thick. He's built like a, like a, right. a low center of gravity running back, honestly. But, you know, Kyler Murray's more of a slender guy. I think he bulked up for the combine specifically. I don't think he'll stay at that weight because he's more of a quick quick. I'd even I go as far as saying Michael Vick, and don't confuse speed with agility. Michael Vick was straight up ridiculous when it came to speed, but I think Kyler Murray might have him just a bit 
when it comes to quick twitch ability, being oh, able yeah. to just move side to side. Absolutely. Absolutely, Fred. I don't think people, if they don't dissect the game, they don't know this, but Michael Vick had no moves. Like, Michael Vick would just beat you to the corner, like, he just point and exactly. laugh. Right. Where because you, if you guys remember, every time, like, when Michael Vick gets full speed, every time he tried to change direction, Michael Vick started to stumble and fall. Like, dudes couldn't catch him. He would catch himself trying to make a move. So... <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was just straight line, get out of there. And I'm going to go back to a point you're making about height. I do think height makes a difference. And I would say your average QB is probably probably more like 6'3". Not 6'4", but more in the 6'3 range. And here's an issue. When you're a wide receiver and you're 20, 20 yards downfield running your route, there's something to be said, and not on all of these throws, because a lot of these throws are timing throws, but when I can see the quarterback or see where the ball trajectory begins and comes out, cool. But in the case of a, a, a Russell Wilson, well, Russell gets on the edge, but Drew stays in the pocket. It takes a special guy to be able to look back and see the ball or track the ball, because you're never going to see where it originates from and that's both in the case of Drew Brees, Doug Flutie, and now Kyler Murray. You're not going to see where the ball comes from. So it's almost like every route, every route becomes a timing route, even routes that aren't, because you're never going to see where the, the ball starts. Agreed, agreed on, on some areas there. For me, when I look at the quarterback position and how all of the state, this whole offensive thing is really just evolving, there's room – for a guy that's a bit smaller, you don't necessarily need this big strapping quarterback. Honestly, most teams are going towards more of the shorter, uh, more athletic quarterback. Ideally, you want an Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, but that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So more than more than likely, everybody in to... every era anywhere wanted an Aaron Rodgers. Everywhere, <laughs> I want Aaron. I want Aaron Rodgers, and I have the goat. So I mean, I'm just saying. So I mean, for no, me, you, you know. Stop it. That's another story for another day, but I, stop it. Don't be disrespectful. So, um, you do not have don't Nick be disrespectful Foles. to my Super Bowl no. champion quarterback. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. You got us. It's you your year. Your turn again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I look at some of the things that are going on here, as far as Kyler Murray, he's the short guy, but Drew Locke is the, the bigger guy. He's the. He, his ceiling, Pat Mahomes, but his his floor is like Nick Foles. And that's not bad. I'm not calling that bad. There's nothing wrong with being a Nick Foles. Well, Nick Foles better than Brady, so what are we really saying here? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 yeah, hey. Your floor is a Nick Foles, you're in good shape. You know, hey, no, but I know what you're talking you know, about. If, if you're floor, oh, we talking, we talking ability. Not, yeah, yeah, we're talking ability compare comp, player comps here. That's what we're talking. So you know, when I look at when I saw Drew Locke throwing, and again, he's a if he's the third quarterback off the board behind Murray and Haskins, I'm saying Drew, why are you throwing at this combine? You don't know anybody here. You have no, as your agent, what are you doing? And it showed because he just he's a big arm guy, and the problem with big arm guys is. You don't necessarily – you want to see the accuracy. Well, he opted for accuracy over showing how big of an arm he had. 
and let's not again let's let's talk a little bit more technical here. Big arm quarterback is not how far you can throw it. It's how hard you can throw it. The velocity, how quick the ball gets from from point A to point B, and and still keeping that touch and accuracy. And that was the problem that I saw. He was playing a little bit cautious, not trying to hurt his stop. When what we wanted to see is, can you throw the goal? Can you throw the, the, the comeback? Can you throw the flag route? You know, can you? And he threw a couple good ones. But those couple good ones got outweighed a lot of the safe throws that he was trying to make, not trying to overshoot a guy. And he did overthrow a couple fast guys. And there, this combine had a bunch of fast guys, a lot of 4-3 guys. And when you can overthrow those guys, that's, that's huge. I saw a mock thread where where they had uh, Drew Lock going number four to the Raiders. Yeah, I I've seen I that, that too. I don't honestly. <laughs> you know that trade that just happened that we just talked about breaking news. That trade helped mm-hmm. him because now you have Drew Lock being able to be moved in. John Elway's kind of had an affinity for this guy and. Quite honestly, I don't. I'm not huge on Drew Locke. I thought he was a good quarterback, maybe a late, a late first round, somebody moving back up into that first round, early second round kind of guy. But he's going to get pushed up very much like the, the guys of yesteryear, the Christian Ponders, the Jake Lockers. He's going to get pushed up because the need at quarterback, especially in Denver, in Washington, even and don't don't get it confused. Case Keenum, your job is not safe. Alex Smith, you can forget him. He's not coming back this year. After that injury, he's not coming back this year. You can forget that. So that's their insurance. But why not develop a young guy who you bring? You drafted Drew Locke in Washington. It's not necessarily a bad move because you have Case Keenum to be the bridge, and you're not winning anything anyway in that division. I mean, you have that team in Dallas who can who poses as a winner, and then the team in Philly. There, those guys are okay. So you know, you ha- you're not winning. Well, give us some of the uh, some people who made some money and some people who may have lost some money at the combine. Made some money, and we all know how I feel about money. You know, straight cash on me all the time. Randy Moss taught me that a long time ago. So, people that made money: Montez Sweat, defensive line, uh, Mississippi State, ran a four four one forty. Normally that worries me because he money. Money. yes he did at six six two hundred sixty pounds he was thought of maybe as a first rounder of like fifteen to twenty but now you're talking maybe top ten maybe even top five uh, he had really good numbers uh, his ten yard split on the forty was one and a half, one point five not bad at all uh, his his three cone was a, a seven seconds flat. So he also had a 10, uh, 10 foot 4-inch broad jump. So you're you're not only testing the speed, but you're also yo he's a yo he's a he's a human predator, and I mean yeah, the movie predator, not not the uh predator. My question <laughs> for you about him specifically is: somebody hmm. going to seek measurables and try and stand him up rather than have his hand in the dirt? No, nah, I think he's going to be more one of those hand-in-the-dirt guys. I compare him if, – if 
my perfect comparison for him athletically is like Jadavian Clowney when he was like really freakish. No, like really, really probably Javon yes. Kirsch. Javon Kirsch. Don't do Jadavian yes. no well, more. I'm using, okay, I'm using, I'm using guys <laughs> that we've seen recently. Javon Kirsch was, yeah, he's a freak too. He's a freak. But if we were comparing guys that are like now in the league now, He's that bar now for a guy that's four five, four six. This dude is he obliterated that with a four four one at six six two sixty. That's that's faster than some of these wide receivers. So, and his it wasn't than most wide. forty. The average wide receiver runs a four five in the NFL. That's just those are facts. So he's running faster than a, than a than a typical wide receiver. But also, it's the other on-field drills that you can see his quick twitch ability. You can see how quickly he can move laterally because that's one of the great things about these these defensive linemen. They're getting bigger, but they're also getting faster. And the way that the ball is getting out of these quarterbacks' hands, you have to have that explosiveness, explosiveness Yo, for the quarterback. Chris, the first thing I thought about when I saw his forty time and his his recall, I said, "Yo, my son can't play football." <laughs> I'm not gonna allow that to happen. Two sixty five running that fast, I'm good. No, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah. That's C T E. He's giving out C T E. I just want y'all to know. Yeah, yeah. He's giving out yeah. C T E to a lot of y'all. Y'all get me. <laughs> his, actually, and actually his teammate his teammate uh John Abram, who is a safety, he's more of the in the box landing collins type safety. He ran really well. Uh, ran a four four five sixteen reps on the bench press at two twenty five. Looked really good in all field drills. He was thought of as maybe a second round pick. He's gonna get a nice boost. He'll probably be a guy you can look at as maybe a top fifteen to twenty type pick because he can play both safety positions. And usually when you see the numbers and you see those type of numbers and the film doesn't match. You want to go back and watch that film and say maybe he was just put in that scheme. In that scheme, he's more of an in the box safety, but can he play a little bit deeper down the field and cover a little bit more ground, especially with that kind of speed? Yeah, you don't want to run into. A, don't want to be deceived into picking the next Taylor Mays. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially in this day and age, so. I definitely would review the film, not so much to see if he was misplaced in in the scheme, but to see how he drops his hips, see how he moves, if there's fluidity there, because you don't want just a workout worry. We know Fred falls in love with the underwear Olympics, but running real fast doesn't mean you can play. That is is not what he is. He's he's that guy that – he's that interchangeable safety. Nowadays, we don't – we can – the, the old thought of how positions worked in the NFL, you know, free safety, strong safety, uh, those type of things don't really exist anymore. You have more interchangeable, versatile players. He fits that mold of that interchangeable safety that he can actually play all three roles. He can play he can play single high, he can play in the box, or he can play in the nickel. And that's one thing you want is versatility because okay. now you can you have a guy that he can you can pay one guy versus paying three guys, and that is shout out, cap, yeah, cap, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to B Dog, who uh, who's the originator, and uh, Earl um, Earl Thomas today. Shout out to Ed Reed, and shout out to the bull with the long hair that everybody overrates. He played most of his career at linebacker, but they still call him the safety. <laughs> Stop throwing shade at, at Palomalu, man. 
Let that man be great. Well, overrated. <laughs> Let that man be great. Uh, so last but not short. least, oh, yeah, as far as my guys that made money, I got to give a – I have to put this one out there uh, because I was on him early in the year. Uh, Andy Isabella, wide receiver, uh, Miss uh, uh, UMass. Yes, UMass. I go that deep. It's not just a big-name school. UMass. Yeah. Uh, he ran a 4-3-40. Think T.Y. Hilton, but more of a slot guy. That's what you get in the early beginning, and then as you develop him, he can be a T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks type. Think of him in a day okay. two kind of range, second to third third round. Uh, who, who Quickly, who lost money? <laughs> lost money. Florida defensive end, Ja'Kai Polite. He was he lost weight early in the year, and you could tell his explosiveness was it was just on point. He was going after quarterbacks early and often, and he came in at uh, like two hundred and fifty eight, two hundred and sixty pounds, at like six two and five eight. He ran a four eight four, not great. When I looked at looked at him on the on the on field drills, he looked slow. He looked sluggish. He just didn't look explosive. And when you have a Florida has a has a really nice history of having really good athletic players. Now, if they don't make it in the league, that has nothing to do with them after the fact because that's that player's, you know, own doing. But as far as what we see on tape, he looks great. But now it looks like he's kind of laid off a little bit. This is not the time to do that. He was a big issue for me. Uh, Also, Mac Wilson, Alabama linebacker, ran well but didn't look all that fluid in drills. I actually thought he should have stayed in school one more year. Uh, his mom actually even told him he should have stayed in school. Uh, sometimes it's good to listen to mama. And uh, last two, Ole Miss offensive tackle Greg Little looks slow and sluggish. He ran a 5-3-3-40. I don't look at 40-yard dashes for offensive linemen. I only look at the, the 10-yard splits, really. I put more emphasis on that because no offensive lineman is running 40 yards. Uh, he did – he had a uh, a vertical, a 25-inch vertical jump. Uh, so it, it, he just didn't look fluid. He looked very sluggish. Uh, I move him. If he, if you take him, you take him day two. Pass on him early. Uh, get some value somewhere else, and maybe move him to the right side. He is not a left tackle. He's his, he has bricks for feet, and that's big. And we always have to have a celebrity who had a kid who happened to play, who's happening to play in the, in the NFL or wanting to play in the NFL. Liza Holyfield, yes, son of boxer uh, Evander Holyfield. He's a big bruising type of back, but he just looked really slow and sluggish. Hands, bricks for hands, not all that great. Uh, he did have a 29-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. Okay, that's great, but a four seven eight forty is never good for a running back. And yeah, you can say Terrell Davis, he was slow. You can say a bunch of other guys were slow and they just made it, they made a way. But for a big bruising back who doesn't have a lot of special traits, you need to have a guy run a little bit better to impress some people. Gotcha. Um, All right. Um real quick. I wanted to we, ask about DJ Metcalf, but I don't know if we have time. The Greek god, the Greek god body, but uh, with terrible routes yeah, and terrible yeah. hands. Uh, I mean, you, I'll pass on him. If you, if you would like David Boston, two point have fun. Oh no, I'm cool. I am good. I like his teammate. I like his teammate AJ Brown. Myself, he's a he's a bigger uh, Jarvis Landry with a little bit more speed. Just a little bit. He has a tick more speed than than uh, Jarvis Landry. I like him a little bit more. Yo, David Boston, when it comes to football, his mom should have swallowed. 
<laughs> yeah. That's a bit harsh. That is a bit yeah. harsh. All right, so Fred, before we get you out of here, man, post combine, give us your top five uh, in the upcoming draft. Top five players uh, post combine. Kyler Murray, quarterback. Still, I'm, I, I'm a believer. I, I I believe in all of the traits. Put him in the right offense, he'll be fine. Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. He is a just a monster. You can put him inside. You might can put him outside. Uh, remnants of a, a one Warren Sapp. That's where I see him kind of going. Um, number three, and I don't put linebackers ever. I never put linebackers as high. But uh, Devin White, uh, LSU linebacker. In that mold, for small, very thick, he he he'll lay a little. Number four, the things that position gets pushed up. So Ohio quarterback, he may say big kid. He's also Jersey native. Might have a good look at him. Uh, quite honestly, this way. Anything you can do. 264, all the measurables. He's really elevated himself into into that upper guy. All right. Um, can y'all hear me? Am I am I breaking up or something? Out of place. No, okay. you're good. You're good. That yeah. was Fred that was no, breaking up. I, okay, I was having trouble hearing Fred. I didn't know if it was him or me. All right, so. Fred, as usual, man, thanks for uh, your time. We appreciate it. And uh, everybody out there, make sure you check out archive episodes of Quick Slants if you're into college football, Cover 2. If you're into professional football, and you can check both of those out on the War Room Sports YouTube channel. All right, Fred, we holler at you next week, good brother. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. All right, no doubt. Absolutely. Fred Purdue, everybody. NFL Combine Talk. And real quick, uh, B, there's some, some some free agents out there as of yesterday because, you know, their teams either didn't tag them, um, basically letting people walk. Landon Collins, safety from the New York Giants is one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Mosley, the linebacker from the Ravens, uh, Eric Weddle. Um, what do you say? I'm going to ask you personally from your own team's perspective. Anybody here that your your Philadelphia Eagles should be be jumping on? Um, I was surprised at the CJ Mosley move. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind adding him to to the mix. Um, Landon Collins. Huh? I say you wouldn't mind kicking the tires on CJ. Yeah, wouldn't mind kicking the tires on C.J. Mosley. Eric Weddle has been has put quietly put together a great career. Um, I actually would could make an argument that he lies just outside of what I would qualify as Hall of Fame. Um, he's up there. He's very, very, very good for a very long time. I think age wise, I'm not interested because of the age. I don't know how much more he has left in the tank. Um, 
And then that brings me to Landon Collins. Landon Collins. I do not I, – I, I don't understand what the Giants are doing. I think you keep him and you pair him with someone else that's sort of going to play 15 to 20 yards deep between the hashes, and you keep a playmaker like that on your, on your squad. His deficiencies as a safety – are in coverage. Are in coverage. Come on, yeah, he can't cover it, but, yeah. but he will lay. He will lay the wood. Uh, hence the reason that he's got five kids. But um, I think that I, I I'm not sure yeah. that he. Not for us, but somebody's going to get a quality safety. Um, right. if they have the right free safety to pair with him. I don't think we need them because that's not the scheme that we, we play. We kind of play with interchangeable safety that can do it all. Malcolm, brother Malcolm is good, whether it's in the box or it's 20 yards deep, he can play, right? And that's the same with, with, with the other safeties that we've got on the, on the roster. Um, so, no, I don't, other than C.J. Mosley, I don't see us needing um, any of those guys. And you're definitely not interested in paying what Le'Veon Bell is going to be demanding, right? Yo, I yo, I want Le'Veon Bell's talent, but I'm cool on – yo, I can't pay more than half of what I think he's going to ask. I think Bell's going to ask for, like, 18. I'm like, 18? I'll give you nine. 18? No, brother. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get 18, but I think he's, he's definitely going to ask for it. And they're going to settle somewhere around thirteen or fourteen. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. What would you pay for Le'Veon? What would you pay for? I don't know, man. Because you know we talk about it all the time. I think you, myself, and Fred are all kind of in the same boat when it comes to these running backs, man. Like, I'm not like it. It would be difficult for me to to spend a first round, like an early first round pick, on a running back. It would be difficult Hell. for me and free agency to go out and pay a running back because Hell you know, no. Le'Veon wants to be paid he wants to be paid as a hybrid. Like he wants to be paid yo, yo. he wants to be the first the running back wide team. receiver and he's great. He's great at what he does, but come on man. <laughs> he said I'd like to be paid as a starting running back and a starting number two receiver. You have to combine them, <laughs> ask them out. Put the Pythagorean theorem in there, and that comes out to around eighteen point five a season. And I'd like four years guarantee. I'm like, yo, brother, you really, really good. I appreciate what you can do. Here, take this nine million a year and go sit down, man. I can't, I can't do. This. Yo, dude, one, dude, one, bread. Like, still was like SOH guys. None of that. He said, I'm trying to get this lottery ticket cashed immediately. Yeah. All right. I and then Steelers told him that he was on every drug in the book. <laughs> These little kids is on everything. <laughs> Sir, thank you. Cigarette, weed, Hennessy, vodka. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. Sir, thank you. Yo, right. and I think he's good. I still think he's the best in the league. 
He's great. He's great. He's a running back. I mean, because we could say all we all we want, like, okay, impact versus production would have to be our argument because, hey, the Steelers said no, nah, and then their backup came in there and basically, until he got injured, produced as if he was Le'Veon Bell. Too. Right. Yeah. You know, as running backs, yeah. man, dime a dozen. If, it's, if the scheme is good, you know, I mean, everybody's yeah. not created equally, but if the scheme is good, you'll have enough from your running back position at a cheap yeah. cost where you're like, we don't have to, you know what I mean? The only difference is there were three distinct plays that I remember where he dropped the ball on pass yeah. plays where I said, hey, Le'Veon still be running with that. <laughs> hey, the Eagles but everything else. tried to make her. They made a run to the second round of the playoffs with like Smallwood as their starting running back. So, I mean, I'm a dozen. I'm a dozen. All right, let's move over to B ball for the stat of the week. And of course, that stat of the week is about the king. Uh, last night, LeBron James surpassed Michael Jordan for fourth on the all time. Uh, NBA scoring list. Uh, it was a big deal for LeBron, as it should be. You know, LeBron, um, Michael Jordan was his idol. He was the reason that he wanted to play basketball in the first place. He's the, the ghost that he's been chasing ever since he's found himself in the upper echelon of, you know, NBA legends. But the moment was kind of blah. And I think a lot of that centered around the fact that he's with the Lakers now. Like, the fans, of course, they gave him a standing ovation, but it was nothing, you know, imagine this happened in Cleveland, B. They would have stopped the game. They would have rolled out a cart with a big trophy that they just made with his head on it. His family would have came out. He would have had to make a speech in the middle of the game. Right. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Right then and then. LeBron James is on his team jump thing so far. What's special to him isn't always special to the hometown fans. Like, you've only gotten <laughs> a thousand of these points with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, not to mention that the season is kind of in turmoil. You know, you were supposed to have activated playoff mode two weeks ago, and the button is still oh, stuck. They're still waiting for the repairman to come to, to help <laughs> them activate playoff mode. Um, yeah, so the moment it, it didn't go as – I think he deserved, but like I said, it, it all, it, like what did the Lakers fans owe him in that moment? I think it would have been way more special had he done it in Cleveland, even if he had done it in Miami, because had he done it in Miami, that means he would have stayed in Miami and he would have been there, what, eight, nine years by now. So that would have been right. uh, different as well. So when you start, getting to all these milestones in a Laker uniform in your first, second year with the Lakers, and you really haven't given the Lakers anything yet. Like that's how I kind of, you know, expect it to be, even though I do believe in my heart, like, you know, that's a big deal, especially for every wing player who's coming to the league after Michael Jordan and had to try to live up to the bar that he set even though I don't think it puts him anywhere near the conversation of being better than Mike, you know, a lot of people try to say that already. I still think, you know, it's a big deal to pass Mike in, in yeah. any category. But it was anticlimactic, though, B. He missed his first four 
uh, foul shots of the game. Um, by the time he got it, the Lakers were already down 20 points. Like it was, it was a whole lot going on last night. You had LeBron sitting on the bench by himself with the, with the towel on afterwards. It wasn't like a bunch of teammates that he played with, you know, mugging him or anything like that. You had Rajon Rondo sitting in the crowd because he's tired. <laughs> Yo, she thought not a good teammate. He's not a good leader. Make Brown the goat. He passed Mike. That make him the goat, right? Oh yeah, he's the goat. The goat. He's the goat. He's definitely the goat. People don't know what does that stand for, B? Greatest runner-up of all time. (laughs) The goat. Come on, man. Not the goat. Yo, he's nice. Yo, listen. LeBron to me is the pinnacle bum of all time. Like he's the greatest bum to ever live. Like he's he can he can get you thirty, ten, and ten, but he's definitely gonna miss them free throws. He's definitely gonna pass up the shot that he needs to take. He's definitely gonna come in the locker room with some wine and post instead of being, you know, a good leader. He's definitely going to try and trade all his teammates. He's definitely going to complain. Yo, he's a groat, man. He's a groat. I give him that. Um, it's a it's know. a great accomplishment. It's a great I think accomplishment. Might be the groat. <laughs> yeah, he he might be, but that's him. I don't know him like I know Brown. Um, salute to him, man. Salute to him. Um, I think, and I, I was I was waiting to have this conversation with you. I don't think LeBron has fallen off the way people are, are nitpicking. I think he's just in the Western Conference. I think he's just that's, in the West. Exactly, that's exactly what I thought as well. Because LeBron is still going to get his numbers. Um, you know, he's still going to impact several parts of the game. It's just not sweet. It's just not sweet on a night in night out basis. Like, you can't take – like, you, you've always heard, even though I never thought this was true either, oh, LeBron can just take any four guys and, and be successful in the Eastern Conference. Never thought that was true either because his his success – well, well, I guess in the Eastern Conference, it, I don't know. He, he dominated no, but the even East, though no matter what, but his success in the East, it always took other guys after that first stint in Cleveland – um, where some of those rosters may not have been up to par like the Miami roster or Cleveland the second time around. Um, you know, he's always needed some extra guys, some extra superstars to do his thing. And a lot of and a lot of people do. I mean, it, you always have. It's just that superstars didn't get together the same way back then as they do now. Like, a lot of people try to make the comparison, but it's not a good comparison Teams put those teams together because the league wasn't oversaturated with expansion. You know what I'm saying? So you had room for there to be a lot of talent on, on one team if your if your front office was savvy enough to do that. You know, the way they do it now, you know, people whine their way out of town, <laughs> whine their way into I a think, trade, or they I just, think, you know, with their free agents and call their homies. LeBron's teams have always had players with a particular set of skills that fit what he needed. Like in and of themselves, they may not rate very high on the good list 
but they fit exactly what LeBron needs. LeBron always needs at least two shooters on the floor at all times to space. He needs a bum that can only rebound, and he needs a point guard that isn't really a point guard that can that can score. That's what he needs, yeah. and 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 those guys don't have to be the very best. They don't even have to be. Don't even have to be good in NBA terms at what they do. They just have to fit with what LeBron needs. Now that's where his his talent enhances things because he's so good that he elevates those skills and they play to a level that's better than what they naturally would. These are guys that that on their own probably wouldn't be much of anything, but in that system, because of the way he plays and what he does, they fit pristinely. So, yeah, man, that, that's the best of all. And people have that now. You don't have no shooters except for Definitely shout out to him, though. Uh, 32,292 um, points is where uh, Michael Jordan was. Uh, LeBron passed him in the second quarter uh, with a 19-foot fadeaway jumper. Um, I believe it was an and one. Yeah. Uh, at the 538 mark. So um, actually, he tied him with the 19 footer, and then he passed him with a with an and one up at the 538 mark. But like I said, it was kind of anticlimactic because they were already getting hammered by the Nuggets by that point. But shout out to LeBron because the situation you know that he's finding himself in right now it doesn't take away from everything he's compiled in his career. It just happened to be you broke a a great milestone and you, you know, you passed up your idol on a night where your team was just basically terrible. But uh, Casey Max in the uh, war room sports game time group, he says, uh, LeBron really needs MJ to give him a hug. How does it feel when your childhood idol doesn't even acknowledge you ever? That is, that is crazy. Cause Mike, you know, I don't know what it is about Mike. Mike, he got so much so early and he had to earn his so maybe Mike you know doesn't bang with that but Mike really seemed like he don't mess with LeBron too tough we, of course he gonna yo, we know we know Michael Jordan Mike has in some way in his deep down twisted and sick mind is trying to figure out how he can make that 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 fourth comeback if there was a way, <laughs> no, Mike, and I'm not even going to say it's just because of the numbers. Mike would take, if there was a way Mike could say, listen, one game, you give me all my superpowers back and I get to play this ball, I will literally leave blood on the court just from basketball. Just give me one shot. Mike is sickly competitive. Mike Mike ain't trying to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Casey Mack also says when LeBron passes Kobe, he better do that on the road. Um, and then he said, isn't this L.A. team better than his Cleveland team from last year? Um, that is, that's arguable because what a lot of people aren't aren't recognizing right now because I'm seeing the memes come out and they got like the starting lineup from last night and they're acting as if that was the team that LeBron was tasked with you know, getting to the playoffs this year. They actually have more talent than that. The injuries are, are kind of what derailed this team, starting with 
excuse me, LeBron James' injury where he missed 18 games. Um, Lonzo Ball is way more important to things than people give him credit for. He probably was the only dude on that team playing good defense. Um, way, way more, way more, way more vital than than I give him credit for. Go ahead and say that. You're right. Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely you. Yeah, I mean, you just mad at his pop, and and that's understandable because his pop. If you listen to his dad talk about him, then <laughs> you know. He's going to overrate the dude, but he is important to what they're doing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there there are reasons that what's going on is going on. But comparing this team to Cleveland's last year, uh, it, it's definitely comparable. And if they were in the Eastern Conference, like B said earlier, then they might have something to say about making a playoff run. Um, but they're not the East, and the West is just not sweet like that. So we'll see, man. But let's let's move we on. We're gonna talk some more about LeBron, uh, the Lakers, and some other stuff going on mm-hmm. in the NBA in just a little while. But for now, y'all know the drill. Y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in, speak to us about any of today's topics, you can hit us at three two three four one zero 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 one two. Press one when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone. Just press one if you want to talk. We're going to talk real quick about what happened this week while you guys were on the grind. And, of course, On the Grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old list, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, GOAT arguments, and all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, things that they're doing a lot in books and on the Internet these days, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Sports is an acronym, people. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special, and it'll keep you thinking as if you were bright. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Wherever you get it, just make sure you don't miss that movement. All right, I don't know if you heard about this, B, but Amanda Seals, actress from Insecure, comedian, and, you know, also lightweight activist, she had to clarify some comments she made about former NFL and, and Florida State star Myron Roll, the homie, the safety, who, who left the NFL to go be a doctor, Roll Scholar Ball. Yeah, she yeah. basically, there were some, in, there was some implications of sexual harassment. Now, she had gone on a breakfast club. She had uh, made some public statements somewhere else in another interview, I believe, where she was talking about some dude who she who remained unnamed at the time, who um, was basically sexually harassing her in her DMs. And she claimed that several women had approached her, accusing him of sexually harassing them as well. So I guess it later came out that the person they were talking about was Myron Roll and like in cancel culture, roof culture fashion, like this dude was about to be roofed. Like <laughs> football player turned doctor, he was about to be roofed. So he had to come out and make a statement. After he made a statement, um she made let me let me before I go on, let me slow down because she basically had to come out and clarify her statements, which 
didn't make it seem like he was totally harassing her. But following her original post about him and the statement that she made on The Breakfast Club, he released a statement defending himself. And I need I need to read this because this is way more intelligent <laughs> than most of the statements we read on here. He said, I understand that in today's yeah. world, the responsibility falls on the accused to prove themselves innocent as opposed to one's alleged accuser having to prove their claims before going public. Unfortunately, I have found myself victim to these very circumstances. A blogger slash online personality whom I have never met in person and have only interacted with once via phone recently claimed that I verbally harassed her during a phone call exchange. She furthered these claims by stating that anonymous sources have come forward and added their accounts to her narrative. Let me make myself perfectly clear. These accusations are absolutely false and should be characterized as exactly what they are, acts of bullying, intimidation, and retaliation. I've been raised to respect women and also to keep my personal affairs private, as that is the respectful thing to do. However, I will not sit idly by and allow someone to engage in intentional character assassination simply because I did not return their advances or wish to engage in a relationship as they may have wanted. He's killing her right now. Accusations of sexual harassment should be taken seriously, but the same should be said for false accusations against someone and the impact those accusations can have in today's digital world. I thank you all for your support and for allowing me the opportunity to stand up for myself and against any actions of bullying, intimidation, and retaliation. (laughs) All right. So, he, so she lied on because he turned down the box offering? Yo, she deserves to be by her thumbs. <laughs> That's what he's saying, at least. Um, but she's come out and said, I never accused Myron Roll of sexually, sexually harassing me or of sending me inappropriate DMs. What I did say was that via DM, several women have approached me accusing him of sexually harassing them. So, B, Jimmy, what are y'all thoughts on this? Because in roof culture, my man almost got roofed. Um, glad, luckily, you know, she came out and made that statement so, you know, Bull wouldn't be one of the bad guys. What do y'all think? I hope you creeps got receipts. My peach shit dirty like cleats. Running from the crib, <laughs> you when you pull up. My fault. My bottom line is these days you got to keep receipts with everything, man. You got you to gotta always have a way to exonerate yourself because we live in cancel culture and even a rumor I've seen people even after she came out still slandering the bull. Yeah. I see a lot of uh, men going at her neck now. And I see a lot of women defending her. Not that, you know, the whole situation didn't happen, but they they're saying it as if all of these men who are calling her trash are getting their their accounts of the story wrong because men are calling her trash right now. I mean, literally, I've seen people call her trash um, for doing this. Um, but people, but the women are defending her, saying that you know the men got their story wrong, um, that that wasn't the case. But you know, like Jimmy said, man, and 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 roof culture is it's interesting. And, and Myron Rose said it himself. It's like, okay, we should definitely take allegations seriously, but we have a responsibility as well to examine the uh, you know the accuser in the same way 
And and that's a slippery slope these days because we're in the culture where, especially if it's a, a woman complaining about a man, we're really not allowed to question that. And, and I think I think it's somewhere. I think there has to be some middle ground because you know I see a lot of dudes questioning stuff, and I think it's like ridiculous some of the questions that they ask when somebody said this, like just just some of the, the the why did they wait so long to say something and the and the two sides of the same coin some of that stuff you you probably take it too far because you really can't get inside the mind of somebody who has been you know either assaulted um harassed or or anything along those lines but we do have to make sure that that the people who are accusing people are on the up and up as well. And I'm not talking about how they do in court and they just tear down your credibility because just because you might be a little fast with yours doesn't mean that you didn't get raped. doesn't mean that you didn't get harassed. But on a case-by-case basis, we got to make sure before we cancel people that, you know, everything is... is well, first, is off, first off, first off, first off, we got to stop canceling people in general. Like, there's a lot of people that can't be canceled, man, but this idea of canceling someone is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. That's one. Two. You, um, see, you see they already roofing the boy who made uh, uh, Thriller. <laughs> they roofing him. Statue getting taken yo, down. Music getting taken down. My, he's got to be. And the boys that for the people out there are why he was innocent the first time. Because they justified for him. Listen, I'm not even getting into his guilt or innocence. I'm just talking about, like, I, like. The idea of canceling someone is crazy to me. Like, we got to be careful with that, man. And um, and I see all the conspiracy theories out there about you know the R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby, John. I I see all that out there, but you know, I'm not even gonna comment on that. I'm just I'm just telling Prince fans to be careful because they about to uh, come up with a story on him. Like, yeah, he next. <laughs> they gonna get him out of here too. But I, we just got to be careful with that. And for those who are like jumping on the bandwagon of cancel culture, like your time will come too. And and when you're the one getting canceled for making them, first of all, we're all human. We make mistakes. No, I'm not saying that, you know, um, oh, pedo- pedophilia or all that kind of stuff is, is, is an issue. But I mean, it's not an issue, rather. But I'm not saying that people shouldn't be canceled. But just be careful, man, because accusations no. are, are, are so my thing, people, Jimmy. My thing is, people should be canceled by individuals. You know what I'm saying? Like this whole group mass mob. You know what I'm saying? You're, first of all, you, when you start taking people the lemming mentality. and you start doing, yeah, like you're not giving the people who who might want to give somebody, you're not giving them a chance because you're just yeah. erasing everything because of the, the mob mentality. Like, just like R. Yeah, Kelly. Like, I, I personally canceled R. Kelly 15 years ago, but that's my business. Yeah. I'm, I'm not telling everybody else what you need to do, but now in today's society, today's climate, they don't even give you a choice because <laughs> this mob rule. Here's my thing, right? I, I'm 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 a lover of uh, of biographies, right? So I read biographies on people who have accomplished amazing things in their lifetime, and I always think about the fact that if if we lived in a cancel like if cancel culture had been around in the past, some of the most brilliant minds we would have never met because they would have been canceled for the mistakes they made in their youth and not getting a chance to develop in who they who they become. And that's a lot of people. I don't even want to like relegate to one or two people. I'm talking about heads of state. I'm talking about civil rights leaders. I'm talking about astronauts. Like just, just in general, some of the great people who have, um, you know, uh, come about have made like terrible mistakes, but they didn't hmm. time to scandal someone. 
<laughs> Malcolm was a pimp. There's a, there's a <laughs> level of accountability and responsibility that comes with the cancel button. And generally speaking, groupthink leads to an IQ that heads towards zero. So as you said, to your point, it's got to be done on an individual level where you can use your critical thinking skills. The social media, let's face it, social media makes people intellectually lazy. And we just go with the narrative that makes us feel that we can relate to the most and makes us feel something. That's it. We don't we don't apply any critical thinking. We don't look at it. And, and well, we're all, all guilty of it. But Listen, the cancel I was having a conversation. Man, I was having a conversation with a, a brother today because I was talking about these echo chambers that we all live in, um, and how that's dangerous, right? So, so most of the time, like you, we go to what, what makes us feel good, what makes us feel comfortable. I know people who are conservatives who they out, they hang out on MAGA Twitter, they uh, spend their time, you know, um, reading all kinds of information on Facebook. Then they watch their Fox News. And I know a bunch of liberals who are just as guilty. You know, they cut into CNBC. They listen to, like, you know, podcasts or things that talk. Like, they live in echo chambers on both sides, um, good people on both sides. But uh, the fact of the matter is it, it's, it's very scary. It's very dangerous. And I'm just glad that, for one, happily married man, I'm glad I'm not growing up in time because I can't imagine the anxiety and things that people deal with on a, on an um, everyday basis, despite what Charles Rockley thinks. Um Growing up at a time when you have social media, you have cancel culture, you have Me Too roofing people, like, these are scary times. Like, when you put everything in aggregate, like, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it also shines a light on the fact that, you know, we grew up in a scumbag era. I don't deny that. Yes, but, we do. Yes, but we it's, do. it's definitely scary now. But you think about the but stuff I mean, you know, that happened back then that was normal. That wouldn't fly now. Listen, like, we'd have to grow up in a scumbag time. Yo, all, <laughs> the Archibalds I was involved in. I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm just glad that I'm old and wise. And that I'm old and wise. And, and um, I don't have to worry about some of these things these, these, these younger generations to worry about, man. You know. Archie on the uh, And I'm, everybody that's um, on the Phone lines, if you can, you got to be patient. This is not a call-in segment. We'll get you in a few seconds when we finish. Um, your man, uh, President Trump, uh, North Dakota State, whatever whatever that school that uh, <laughs> that your man uh, Carson Wentz came from that wins all the Division II national championships. Um, so they won, uh, North Dakota State, they won – the FCS national championship again. I think it's like seven and eight years. And they went to the White House and just like Clemson, they were served fast food. Um, what, what's the excuse this time? Because there's no furlough. This well, time, I mean, the first time they had the whole, you know, you had the country and everybody who wanted to defend it. You had them repeating falsity, you know, falsehoods like, uh, you know, there was no cooks, blah, blah, blah. Happened to have inside information and know that Two of the five White House chefs were not on furlough um, and were indeed there and available to cook. Maybe you didn't have an entire staff, but whoever took the time to lay out those burgers all extravagantly like they did could have served some plates to some, some young bulls. Um, at this point, at this he's point, just he flipping it. that same energy. And, and you salute, think he's just flipping it? Like, just a, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
he had Chick Fil A though, so I'm not even I'm not even mad at this one. I was about to say this time he did include Chick Fil A, so the people, anybody who complained last time probably told him like, dude, if you're gonna have fast food, you can at least have God's chicken on the table. Listen, and, um, you got God's chicken. You got you got chicken. You got you got chicken as well. Care. Yo, sponsored well by Tim Tebow. Comes it comes from two parent households. You got the uh, the waffle fries in the building. You know what I mean? So no. you're going to go to the bring that out. All the original sauces. Oh, man. Oh, Chick-fil-A man. sauce. Polynesian sauce. Salute. Salute. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he definitely did a better job this time. But, yeah, you know, there's no excuse. And now, like I said, it just looks like he's just flipping it. This is going to be his thing because Trump is just going to throw you out a middle finger whenever we complain about everything. But and my apologies, you know, my apologies gotta... brother Dev. My apologies, brother Dev. I didn't want to bring up Chick Fil A food and, and this greatness while you, you know you, while you. I know, man. Right it, it got me over here on a smoothie fast, man. I'm telling you, dog food might get yeah. me excited right about now. Matter of fact, dog food did get me excited last night. Jimmy and I were talking while we were watching the the, the basketball game last night. And the Taco Bell commercial came on that got me excited. And my brother reminded I know, me I was that like, Taco dog. Bell is akin to Alpo. And I was like, yo, when you're drinking <laughs> vegetables three meals a day <laughs> for, yo, for the next week. Dev, like, with Dev Gandhi. <laughs> Alpo might be a turn on at this point. Talking about the dog food, so no pause. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of God's chicken, <laughs> speaking of God's chicken house, um, Y'all hear they bring it. I don't know if y'all if y'all sampled the last time, but they got like their own little fish fillet sandwich that they bring out during Lent, and Lent just started the other day. So for the next thirty eight days or so, y'all can get a fish sandwich in God's chicken house, Yo, and they just do everything. I never, everybody else. Yo, I never. I will be. Yo, I swear on teenage Jesus, I'm gonna go try one um for the next couple of days, like. I'm, I'm starting. I'm to. starting my um, smoothie fast on Monday, but tomorrow yeah, I'm you better hurry up. I, already, I tasted one. I already went. I already went to. Uh, already, I went to their website and I put in a location to find out which ones around me have it because they all don't have it. <laughs> oh, word. so I'm already got my plans together. Yeah. The thing I got, I got three Chick Fil A's in like a three mile radius. So one of them joints. One of them gotta have it. If not all, they all. One of them gotta have it. But yeah, they they just do. Fast food better than everybody else, man. They specialize yeah, in chicken, and, and yeah, and they fish still better than fish fillet. And I don't dislike fish fillet from Mickey's. I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. They just do things better, man. This is better. Fish fillet is the only only thing from McDonald's that's possibly even edible. Like, shout out to Calvin from the corner, but oh, oh they got oatmeal <laughs> with apples in it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Apple pie is a little lit too. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, why are you trying oatmeal from McDonald's? Hey man, <laughs> you live a life. Like, you live a life on the go, and you're gonna try to halfway be healthy. You get it from yeah, where, yeah, where got, you can get yeah. it. And it's cheaper than if I got Ronald, it from like Starbucks or something. You don't know what Ronald put in there. They telling you I, it's oatmeal. I don't. I don't, and I've never had um, oatmeal with apples in it before either. But hey, man. Gotta do what you gotta do. It's not bad. All right, so somebody else that a lot of people consider the GOAT, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, GOAT on and off the court. 
Um, he put hundreds of pieces of memorabilia, including four NBA championship rings, for which he has six, um, uh, some trophies, all kinds of stuff. He put it up for auction last week and made $2.8 million for his Skyhook Foundation, which raises money for students to learn STEM. So, uh, you know, he's doing it for the kids, raised $2.8 million. Kareem is a fan. It's just tough. He says stuff. He said when it comes to choosing choosing between storing a championship ring or trophy in a room or providing kids with an opportunity to change their lives, the choice is pretty simple. So um, (laughs) what y'all think about the GOAT? I read, I, read, yeah. I read his response and I saw I saw what he said about it and he's like yo boy made me rethink my life he was like well, things are just things you can't take with you so if you have an opportunity to use these things so Kareem got me being minimalist I'm cleaning my closets and yo, so I shot the Kareem look my yeah. response to that is Allahu Akbar yeah that's all I can say man <laughs> yeah. yo they said his 1987 um, ring got the highest price selling for. Uh, just under four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> just that's for one that's item. the greatest team of all time. The greatest team. He of also all said, Kareem, Kareem <laughs> got to move. The rest of the NBA just quit. Like, cats just quit. They didn't even try and make a master a sky hook anymore. It was like, no, nah, we but can't listen do it. To this, big. Listen to this quote. If this don't make you feel like doo doo, looking back on what I've done in my life, instead of gazing at the sparkle of jewels or gold plating celebration. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't even read. Looking back on what I've done in my life, instead of gazing at the sparkle of jewels or gold plating celebrating something I did a long time ago, I'd rather look into the delighted face of a child holding their first caterpillar and think about what I might be doing for their future. That's a history that has no price. Come on, man. No, Everybody go out and give $5 to something. And Kareem just shat on everything. Kareem's talking to these cats, man. Because if you are, if you are a, a, a champion in any sport, like you got to feel like pure trash because of thing. We all know who the champions are. We we have the memories. We remember plays and that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I say all that to and say, you know, Tom Brady. You know, still dudes out there like, man, I ain't, I ain't feeling my damn ring. I say all that to say, Tom Brady's a coward. Yo, did Kareem. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yo, did Kareem. Did Kareem. Yo, is he, is he on his ascension path? Like yo, he's he's talking to another level, man. Yo, and y'all gonna think I'm joking when I say this, right? I think that like this is not a joke, and I'm I'm saying this is based on something else, and I'll explain. I think Kareem is completely inspired by LeBron, um, and I'm not trying to give LeBron credit for things Kareem has been doing for years. I know, I know, that, Dev, I know exactly I know, where you're going. I know exactly where you're going, Jimmy, and the mature me is gonna let you go there. I'm not even gonna say anything. <laughs> No, 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 no. Hear, hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. I know Dev has read it. I know he shared an article with me. Kareem wrote a whole piece about, like, LeBron inspiring him with, uh, with his off-the-court stuff. Like, just a couple weeks before he made this decision. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons. I think you can, also, you can always be inspired to get back into the game. You know what I'm saying? Somebody needs to inspire Jim mm-hmm. Brown. Um, yeah, but you can, nah, Jim Brown needs to win. Um. Listen, you know what? One of the reasons why I know I I take a lot of shots at LeBron, but a lot of shots. I do have a respect for what he has done socially 
because it is on another level. Even if there's a level, there's a measure of contrived in there. Like he's done things that we've we've never seen athletes do on a on a level. Man, he's opening schools. He's doing, and I do believe that inspires Kareem because Kareem is a well-read well-learned and conscious brother. So he's thinking at my age, I'm, I'm the wise one. I'm supposed to be inspiring and we can take inspiration from anywhere, but for a young brother to be doing this and I'm not, and I'm not contributing. So I can definitely see where, where you're coming from with that. Or, or he just like figured out like, cause he, I mean, if you read the piece, he gives him a lot of credit for his off the court stuff. And I think he actually says in the thing, he's the goat, and it has nothing to do with basketball. Something to that effect. Um, to paraphrase what he said. Um, but say the I think he figured game. out a way. I, I think he figured out a way to, to say, okay, he's that 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 that's powerful. How can I do something at my position with my accomplishment? So it's like, right. what do I do in this phase to continue to work? Because Kareem is always done. But now, how do I continue to work at this phase of my career? So now maybe I inspire others who are champions to do the same. No doubt. All right, everybody. Shout out to the GOAT, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and that's what happened this week. Y'all were on the grind. Hold tight and see you on the line, Tobias, and get his birthday shout outs. And before we get to uh, NBA hoops, we're going to grab this real quick. Uh, birthdays. Having a birthday, Ricky Pro turns 15 years old. Ricky Pro might be the white slot receiver that started everything we Ever. see now probably gives Walker the credit for when it really should be Ricky Pro. He's 51 years old. Uh, Jeff Kent is 51 years old. Jeff Fiegels, <laughs> former punter, is 53 years old. Uh, former NFL wide receiver Flipper Anderson turns 54. NFL Former NFL quarterback Steve Berline turns 54. Joe Carter, F you. If you're a fan, you know exactly why, you know, he gets the F you. Joe Carter turns 59 years old. Uh, Yvonne Wendell, tennis star, 59 years old. Lynn Swan. I don't want to disrespect my man Lynn on his birthday, but I'm sorry. I really think Lynn Swan might be one of the more overrated players in the NFL history. He turns 57, and his homie, his teammate, Franco Harris, Turned 69 years old. So we want to give a, a war room salute to all of these folks on their birthday. Um, salute. Happy birthday. Yo. Got to give you a, a quick special. My birthday. Yay. I was just what thinking about something, too, real quick. I was just thinking about the fact of why do you even need a championship ring when they already put a statue of you up? Like, once you get a statue, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's like I just, you know, you I just, I just be like, look, put a ring on my finger on the statue. And I'm good. Yeah, like once you get a statue, like a ring, a ring is like less important. <laughs> There's literally a statue of you outside somewhere. That's like that's next level. I don't know statue in that city though. It might go, might be an earthquake, or a mudslide, or something, a fire. This is true. They're going to they're going to put that back up. Yeah. They, I think everything, every statue they make in L.A., they just going to have to make, like, duplicates every time and just have them in a warehouse in some safe space on the East Coast. Or, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, y'all know the drill. Y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com. Uh, if you want to call in and speak to us about any of today's topics, it's down to Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 
323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And we can go to the phone lines right now. We got the homie Tobias holding tight out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Man, you keep making it any longer. I'm going to be Kaepernicked around here. What's going on, fellas? Yeah. Uh, what up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm actually glad Jimmy did not succumb to the to the temptations of the Anglo-Saxon while in Portland. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, like, a couple quick things. First, with the uh, Chick Fil A, I don't think there's a Chick Fil A in North Dakota, and so I think they were probably like, "Cool, we're in." Uh, <laughs> you know, and plus yeah. it's not like he had to serve the HBCU team, uh. uh Chick-fil-A, that would have been real, or KFC, that would have been hilarious. But uh, Yeah, that's true. So maybe it was thought put into that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, y'all y'all thought the council thing for a minute. I got to keep it real on this. Black folks don't counsel nobody. The white people tell them to do it and give them free attention. Because that tape <laughs> was out of R. Kelly 30, like 20 years ago, and they were still going to his shows, stepping to the name of love, buying all his CDs and everything. But since white folks make a documentary and these idiots going on TV saying they had a party and sitting their girls that they go round y'all asses up too, and uh, <laughs> you know now you want to get mad. <laughs> I mean you, you're right. It's, it's really not. It's really not black people in the cancel culture. I think we more on the on the you know selective outrage culture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot yeah, of people we, who we are here front in public we, probably we be out there. It's yeah. and it, it yeah, goes well, to what yeah, you said all the time about, about, about groupthink. Like, we feed we're into like it. And, and also, we, we're we the creators of cool, so we start to cancel thing and the hashtags, and it just, we, yeah. we do that. It, it takes us. Funny thing about Twitter, which is where a lot of this happens, is because of the way Twitter is, like, created. You know, on a low, black folks run Twitter. Like, black Twitter runs Twitter. They tell the world how to think. And when they get into it, when they when they get they uh, when they get their claws on somebody, it's a run. That's yeah. the thing, the, the because also you know woke culture <laughs> is in right now. So when the woke black people start, and you know they start you know black Twitter start getting it in, then you can get a lot of people to follow. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. speaking of woke, I want to. Umar Johnson got registration for fifth school yet, but anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> like he got, yeah. it's like, hey man, he got, he uh, got, he got a building, somebody. man. Leave him alone. He got a building, man. Yeah, he got his building, man. All right, hey, the fire festival of Pan Africanism, and I ain't taking a hit for Umar <laughs> King for the record. Watch Netflix King version, but anyway, King Kong conscious. But y'all talking about like, like LeBron and like Kareem. And the thing is, is that uh, you have to have it in you to be out in front because a lot of times, a lot of people don't want to be out in front. A lot of people rather work yeah. behind the scenes, donate money, fund those people who want to be out in front. And I think, th- not knocking LeBron or Kareem, anybody like that, but I think those people don't get enough like credit as well because you can't fight, you can't be, I'm talking every average, everyday joke without finances and stuff like that. And I think LeBron done a good thing, a lot of good things. But I want people to peek this also. He got his money right first, so they can't come down on him and crush him economically. So he said he can't play in the NBA no more. Guess what? 
his money's tight. His great 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 grandkids ain't got to work. And but I listen, think he though, played now, it perfectly that way. To your point, that was strategic. You're right. You're right. You get it right. Um, but how many people have we seen that got their money right? They have generational wealth and still don't care. And I get your point. I used to be one of those guys. Why like, well, you got to get in front of the camera and do it? But what I recognize is, when people get in front of the camera and do it, they do inspire their peers to do it. Um, so it's power in that too. Because sometimes you don't even need your money. Just using your platform for anything positive is is is, is a go. You know what I mean? If you just put your face to 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 something and use your platform in a positive way, you can't be knocked for that because. You don't know who you you don't know who he could have inspired outside of just basketball. He could have inspired the person that you know funds the cure for cancer or, or finds the cure for cancer. Like, so you you just never know. But you should be using your platform positive and not just to um pick up IG thoughts. A lot of our uh, athletes do. Yeah, uh, and it's like I just I just want to tell LeBron, read up on Kamala. And Corey Booker, before you be that, be a shield for them. And remember, Beto O'Rourke is a white man pretending to be a Latino. Just look up into that thing. But, uh, you know, but, uh, and like, and like this season for them right now has been a mess, right? Part of the problem, it, the ironic part is the young guys have been playing better, but the problem is the fraud office is crap. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. It's like they trade Zubak, who's their best big. They had Robin Lopez, who fits LeBron. Because LeBron, the thing is with him, he is the system. You have to put a team around him that fits him. Shooters, role players, who shoot, who don't want the ball, because LeBron wants to do everything. That's just his nature. He wants to do it all. So you need players who are cool with that and fit him. That front office is like, hey, we just get another free agent and a big name. There was no plan. I think yeah. that they had a plan that just didn't work. I thought their plan was to goon it up. Like, listen, we don't we yeah. can't get any shooters, we don't need stars, so we're gonna get a bunch of a bunch of old heads that that are goons and just try to out physical people. And it didn't work. Um the the combination of some of these soft young boys who care more about Fortnite than basketball and some of these ownery old heads, it just the combination of of, of, of people on that team just didn't work. But with that being said, the reason I'm not as upset as some Lakers fans because I, I didn't expect them to win a championship this year anyway. Really? Um, but the next, the next couple of years should be telling in terms of with how they move. Yep, yep. And, uh, and that's the thing. And, uh, and see, here's the problem. Uh, Magic and Palenka, they not, there's no salary cap. There's no basketball guy in the room who's like, let's make these moves. Both of them are like in a relationship business to me. And you need that basketball, that nuts and bolts guy, kind of like you got the Popovich and the Yang Yang or Belichick with the guy who's with him. You got to have two different you. mentalities. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so you can't have well, the, here's the thing, type though. of guy in the room. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, right? Are you seeing an analytic guy or just a basketball guy? Just a basketball guy because – because uh, magic is supposed to, magic is supposed to fill that role as a basketball guy, and Polinka is supposed to be there. so they're supposed to be that tandem with them two. That's what they're supposed to be. Um, yeah. But but but, but again, like, came from the world to... of of trying to get that money for for one dude versus trying to negotiate money for fifteen dudes. So I can see how I that think, could. You I, know. Think try, I think they try. I think they try some. I think they tried something that didn't work. They tried to build a 1980s team. We, we're going to go 
You're going to have a one-star player with a bunch of goons around him, and it didn't work. Um, I don't understand how they thought that was going to work with LeBron, though. Like, he's shown you the blueprint to his success and what kind of team you need to put around him. I ain't out there with LeBron yeah. with no shooters. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. LeBron's game. And, uh, and one thing also, yeah, I've seen you got yeah, court yeah, hey, you know, I've been seeing court flood the timeline with the LeBron means because he passed Jordan the scoring list. And I know Shannon Sharp out there, you know, doing all his thing, you know, all these people. Uh, I, it hit me. LeBron is like a baseball player. When anyone talks about him, they always talk about his stat lines. And many of your greats in basketball, you don't know, remember, they stat. You may say, okay, Mike had 63 against the Boston in the playoffs and they lost. He didn't say they lost. But you know it was that game. But you don't have eight games later. Hey, 28, 8, and 8. 28, 9, and 9. It's like basketball usually been about moments, not just that line because I mean, this ain't baseball. Tell that, tell that to old heads in Philadelphia. They'll tell you everything about Will's stat line. That's all they call it, Will's <laughs> yeah. stat line. Yeah, well, and I'm not knocking him. I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about I ain't knocking him, you know, the guy, the player. I'm not knocking no, him. I'm just, no, but no, I do. What I'm saying is we, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is we have seen this before. His name is Will Chamberlain. Yeah. And they're actually kind of similar in a way, but it kills me how people want to say this guy's not a scorer. If you average 27 points a game in your career, you're a scorer. <laughs> he just yeah, may not be the way Kobe that's did it. You're a scorer. So, Tobias, I hear you, and I, I agree with you. I know Jimmy brought up Wilt, but Jimmy's – this is our thing. And if you ask Jimmy right now the stat line of his top five players, you're not going to be able to quote that. So, Wilt – yeah, Wilt was an exception. He was exceptional across the board. But generally speaking, it's been about moments. And the, the LeBron sexuals, they always point to stats versus actual moments. I mean, but LeBron has moments too, though. And, and again, yeah. again, I'm just being objective. I'm not a sexual, but I feel like and I want to point that out. Before. But you I, know I what, though, Jim? Because you know why, though? What's that? Because what they're talking about, the, the when what they hear about the most with LeBron, it's always a comparison to that other guy. So at some point, you do have to just go to stats because there's not a lot of people with more moments than homie. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it, it's it's like a it's like uh, a defense tactic but, because but, LeBron but, definitely but has his moments. Definitely has moments. I think it's that I don't think it's just we also live at a time where analytics are a huge part of of the sport. So of course that's what they go to because I mean you talk about in the past you never talked about stats. We didn't have advanced stats back then, so we didn't know a lot of these statistics. So I think it's also the time we're living in. But I think that LeBron has moments. Um, but what I find interesting about LeBron is. Um, so he has his, his bronchial as we know, and he has his haters. But well, like, we, I was telling Willie, I was telling Willie just over there. I was like, yo, Bron haters um, talk about the bronchials probably more than bronchials talk about LeBron. Like you have people who are extreme, right? So shout out to the brother Court. We know he's we know he's an extremist. But this whole thing of the bronchial, like Bron has been getting killed at least on my timeline and the media that I watch, like. People said LeBron Sexual was always making excuses. Bron been getting killed. At least it, it, with my my quote unquote Chamber, Bron has been getting he's been getting hammered. Like they're killing Bron. 
I'm like, I was telling him, I'm like, you talking more about like brown sexuals defending him than their actual brown sexuals that are defending him. He's not even getting the defense. Yeah, was it was also something I read on our page today. Uh, some new dude who like comes to LeBron's defense even when LeBron's not under attack. Like you could, you could, you could literally be praising LeBron, but not praising him hard enough, and dude will come at your neck. He 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 said he doesn't like volume shooters for his career. LeBron James, he he shoots more per game than Kobe Bryant, but nobody. I mean, it's like almost even. He's at nineteen point six. Kobe's at nineteen point five, but. Hey, you would never know. And you know what? The way people be you know what, guys? And like, and see, the problem with stats is, unless you and look you into them and look Kobe deep into them. Two years into account. Yeah, it's like people say LeBron shot a better percentage. Joy like fifty percent to forty nine. <laughs> you know, that's like you know, that's like it, it, that's the stuff that I don't like. And I do think that sometimes it's that it's like some of the players like a Jordan and a Kobe. I use those two as examples. People underrate how skilled those two were, and uh, how like how skilled the players they were, and every and it's like, and it's like somebody even the bigger like the Akeem Olajuwon, the Shaq, even Shaq has skill. You look at his footwork and everything, and I think sometimes the people today when they look at stat line, they don't look at those skills because that could go either way talk, because LeBron. But again, like and this has nothing to do with LeBron. Even when it comes to it's a overall. player like people like Steph Curry, when you hear Steph Curry, it's always about his shooting and in regards to his numbers and the analytics on his numbers. The reason people who love analytics love analytics is because um, they can tell they can tell whatever story you want them to tell, but they are like facts. So I've seen people like talk about skill sets and players and talk about a certain player having a skill set, and it's like it's an opinion. It's not really fact based. Right, because so, we'll, we'll sit here and name a player who probably doesn't have, get a lot of credit. He's not at the table of God. He's not one of the greatest who had an amazing skill set. Like we always joke about Tim Thomas. Average player, a person will tell you Tim Thomas was trash. He had no skill set because, but we watch it so we feel as though he had a skill set. But the thing about numbers is there, you can't, you can't really, or you can argue, but you really, they're facts. So when it comes to sports and sports arguments, people like facts. And I find it interesting because it's sort of like everything is becoming baseball because when you look at baseball and you, you talk about the great players, no one even cares about winning championships in terms of who has a championship in baseball. Like, do you know how many championships Hank Aaron or Mickey Mantle or Babe Ruth actually had without looking it up? Nope. No, but you know they put up major numbers because it's a boy about the numbers. Yeah. So, like, everything is becoming that outside of football because football is still, like, archaic, but – Everything is becoming yeah. that. I mean, baseball was that original sport. Because baseball, even though it's a team game, it's, it's damn near an individual game. <laughs> you just take turns going yeah. to the plate and you do your thing. You know when you're at the plate, you're up there by yourself. Right. Besides on, on the other end, when you're in the field, of course, then the team has to be cohesive. But um, as far as going to the plate, yeah, you're up there by yourself. And those are the numbers they judge you by. Because mm-hmm. if you out there mashing and you one of the greatest hitters, <clears throat> excuse me, hitters, home run hitters, and anything that has anything to do with offense, if you're one of the greatest of all time, you could have been the worst person in the field who's ever played the game, and you're still going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds straight up, Barry Bonds straight up said, "I'm not playing defense anymore. All I do is hit," and it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. 
But he didn't even play it. He didn't even play He was the designated hitter. Yeah, I know. But to your point, to this, that's why analytics guys like statistics. Because I, I talk, I talk to the, I, I talk to the analytics guys, and that that's why they like it. Um, and I just think it's also a matter of the time we come in. When, when you look at like Zion now, like sports science is real. Like you look at Zion now, they they talk about how explosive he is, but they talk about how explosive he is um, in terms of like in terms of how high he jumps off the floor. Um, it, it's literally sports science now. That's the world we live in. And if you yeah. think that. Brian is uh, nauseating. Wait till, wait till uh, Zion gets in. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, we got, um, we got some breaking news. Y'all, man, will not go away. Vince Carter has announced his plans to return for an NBA record 22nd season. Vince trying to go up these scoring lists. One way or another, he trying to get his name up there with LeBron. Oh, He's gonna be a Mike. Come on, Vince. Yeah, y'all laughing. Y'all laughing, but Vince, Vince no. putting in quality minutes in Atlanta, though. Like, no, like this is very, very calculated on Vince. And if he didn't, Atlanta wouldn't miss a beat because they ain't that good in the first place. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. I let these young boys have that spot in the league. His little, his little 10 points a game, you know what I mean, 50% shooting, like, He's still contributing. I mean, it's no reason, but, you know. That's the thing. Maybe a contender should pick Vince up, put him on the bench. Uh, get that man a ring so he can roll out and stop doing whatever he's doing. But it ain't. it's obviously not about a ring because if you're coming back to these garbage teams, you just want to play. It's just a low. You want to play, you wanna play ball and you want to get that check. Scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Tobias, man, as usual. We appreciate your call. Did Tobias already hang up? His boss must have grabbed him up by his neck. He rolled <laughs> out. Free, yeah, free Tobias never just roll out without saying nothing. Tobias got, got in trouble. All right, well, let's hey, get Tobias, Tobias. What are you doing here, boy? Get back on fries, Tobias. Did you want to take a fry? <laughs> Tobias finally got his propers. Um, <laughs> to buy us from the, to from the corner. All right, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, yeah, let's take us officially into this NBA talk. <laughs> if, if you or your business need a custom website, well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions called Digital Extreme Technology, there's no need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Here's how you do it. Go to digitalextremetech.com. You can give them a call at 267-205-4203. And if you tell them that the war room hooks you up, you will get a discount. That's digitalextremetech.com, 267-205-4203. It is time to talk about this thing of ours. Yo, Curtis uh-huh. Blow. <laughs> Yo. Curtis Blow. What's the, what's the uh, irony in this? Like, so we have our players that are in the West, we got uh, – I mean, in the East, rather, we have Ben Simmons. And in the West, we have Donovan Mitchell. Um, those are your players of the week. Yo, I'm I'm kind of thinking – kind of thinking that um, they were hard-pressed to find somebody in the Eastern Conference because uh, I don't think Ben Simmons' numbers was particularly player of the week worthy. 
But hey, he got it. Shout out to the homie. And maybe they needed to just give it to him because they were giving it to Spider on the other side. Yeah, they trolling so with ben, that one. They gave it to Trey ben, Young. Ben Simmons led the team without Joel Embiid to a two and one record uh, last week, and he put up averages of I got it right here. Uh, 16.7 points per game, 13.3 rebounds per game, eight assists, um, and like I said, two and one uh, record he led Philly to. Donovan Mitchell, on the other hand, led the Jazz to a three and O record while scoring 34 points per game, five assists while shooting 44.4 percent from the arc. So uh, to those two, I don't know if I want to call what they have a rivalry. I just know that Spider like to talk trash about um, Simmons and Ben like to win awards that Spider covets. Um, other than, yeah, I ain't gonna hold that. I, 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 I um I enjoy I enjoy Donovan Mitchell's energy. Like he 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 has a certain attitude. Like he's angry at everybody. Yeah. I'm about to say it showed you that he wanted it. Some some people go out there and act like oh it's no big deal to me. Blah blah blah. It's a big deal to him. Like he like I think yeah. I deserve it. I'm playing for it. <laughs> so I'm playing he he sounds like, like Spike Lee. Didn't, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> it didn't work, yeah, but Spike shout out to so real. the tip. <laughs> so, man, um, so we've been talking about LeBron almost the whole show, but uh, let's just I want to open the floor up and talk about like, this season. And now the Not talk really. is LeBron shutting it down. LeBron's shutting it down for the rest of the season. Do you think that the Lakers should just shut him down for the rest of the season? Or should he continue to play? Or... I was going to switch that around and ask you, since you're a Laker fan, what do you think about that? Because the reasoning um, people get, you know, it, it has everything to do with, well, they aren't what they thought they were, so if he shuts down, maybe they can lose a few more games, get better position in the lottery. What do you think about that as a Lakers fan? Well, here's the thing. I think it's about playing for championships. If you're officially eliminated from playoff contention, don't know if they are. They may be like either six and a half or seven and a half back. But how many games are left? Like fourteen, maybe. How many games are left? Uh, uh, like seventeen for them. Seventeen, and you're back probably like seven games somewhere around there. That's um, yeah. tough. It's a, it's a tough, which is why it's a question. So I'm not gonna cop out. But um. I don't know if I would do it necessarily for um, for trying to get a better position in the draft, but what's the point? Like, Bron has so much wear and tear on him. It might be good for Bron to be in the playoffs for a season. Like, LeBron has been in the playoffs every year for the last however many years um, and went deep into the playoffs. 13. So, 13. Yeah, so it's like this might be good for him. Maybe he can go A&R another loop because, I mean, 2 Chains put out his best work with LeBron as his A&R, so maybe Bron can go A&R another album. Um, and the funny you know, thing about it is, two chains going out on everybody that will listen. Like, don't give LeBron that much credit. He ain't do nothing. Like, yo, then why? Yeah, they got mad. Hey, if you if you're market, not gonna give him the props, like, yeah, like, like, come on. Yeah, he got mad. He got mad because people start giving him credit, but you're using him for your uh, marketing anyway. Um, yeah. and then he, then you see him last night. He was sitting damn near Lakers bench. Um, like Mike. That's yeah, like so getting so Michael Jackson to sing a hook for you, and then you try and tell everybody, I'm saying, I wrote yeah. the song. Yeah. 
Yo, but I think that um, it, it's tough, man. But the team doesn't seem to be going anywhere because, I mean, a lot of the, the – here's one thing that – and I know it's going to sound crazy. The Lakers didn't really turn when um, the son of Var went out. And I, and I keep saying this, and I, I know we I went to the other day, and I am trying to tell that's me exactly that early, it. man. That's exa- so that, that is exactly that, – that's exactly <laughs> it. People don't want to say that because he's the son of Var. And I was going through this with Willie G the other day, who's a uh, Kyle Kuzma uh, fanatic. Uh, he's a, I, he's the only Kyle Kuzma fan because Kyle Kuzma really shouldn't have stands. But um, Him Kyle, and Kyle Kuzma might up. be, yo, Kyle Kuzma might be one of the worst five defenders I've ever seen. And Willie G <laughs> thought I was joking, and I had to literally send him footage. Like, yo, watch this footage. Into his man to guard him because he don't. Feel yo, like watch the footage of him playing. D. First of all, he he backpedals all the time. Why are you backpedaling? He put eight backpedals on misses, on makes. Like, I think someone told him it looks cool to backpedal. He just backpedals. He backpedals when somebody runs right past him. Like, his man will run right past him on a fast break, but he won't turn around. He'll keep backpedaling. What are you doing? <laughs> so, he's one of the worst defenders I've ever seen. Um, and the one thing about Zoe, like, like Zoe is Zoe played defense. He played defense, and it's crazy when he was on the court, his teammates played a little better defense. Not that they were great defensively, but it was something about That's his energy. Like, because you and don't want to give left. all the credit to one dude, Jimmy, but, I mean, he is your point guard, and he's guarding point guard. So you're guarding the people who start offense for the other team. So you make it a little more difficult when that when that's the guy that's see. playing good. It's crazy to see that because people forget in the beginning of the season, the Lakers were in then in a third position when they had everybody healthy and everything was going well. The injury started, but I'm but I recognize from someone who watches the game, their team is completely different when Zoe is on the court, and that's crazy to see. Maybe that's Vars thinking, all right, well he ain't gonna play. Maybe he's probably healthy, he's holding him a little bit longer to show y'all. Like my never boy really has some value. In it. I yeah, really, my boy I has some really value. I didn't think they were going to sustain like that fourth spot. I never thought that, but I definitely yeah, I thought they were, were going to make the playoffs regardless. So, um, and I, they, so and I still we, think they were injuries. What, what in, in your estimation? I mean, it's very, very early. It's very early. But what are we estimating uh, Lonzo's value to be? I mean, defensively, he definitely is decent. He, he definitely. I'd even go as far as to say he's a good defender. But what what's what's the what's the value? I actually think if Lonzo does become an injury, you know, like a, a, a injured dude all the time, um, I, I I really think people under underestimate this dude, man. I think Lonzo is a baller, man. I really do. Like uh, I, I think, he I, think he's a, I think he's I think he's a little better. He's a little better Rondo. He's a little better Rondo, but he's like newer, better version of Rondo. Um, and I know that sounds oh, crazy, but people forget that when Rondo, like when Rondo was on his game and at his peak, Rondo can ball. Um, at his peak, I mean, yo, last year for the Pelicans, he was balling out of control in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, he last was, night, think, you know, he threw a temper tantrum. He had like twelve assists. <laughs> I think son of Unk. I think son of Unk has two wins. Of course, the obvious one, jump shot, which isn't. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm taking him to shoot some J's before Ben Simmons. Um, but uh, jump shot and consistent dog effort. Because when when 
Lonzo is out there being a dog offensively and defensively, the dude, he balls. But then, and I don't know, like sometimes it seems like you have to keep him engaged. And that could be a LeBron mm. James thing. LeBron James is taking you off of your position sometimes. But they play mm-hmm. well, well together. But he takes you off your I got position, a third, I got a, and you gotta, I got to do other things. He can do other things. His third weakness is the least, but that's either here or there. Um, I just, I just think that, I just think that, um, he can definitely be a, a player in this league. Now, maybe not a, not a, a, a perennial All Star, make an All Star here and there, but he has value in this league, and you see that with him disappearing from this team. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am disrespecting him when I say I see Ricky Rubio, maybe a little better than Ricky. I think you I mean, Ricky, Ricky Rubio is a whole, a whole different skill set. That's a whole different skill set. Good ball can play too. Ball. Yeah, Ricky Rubio yeah, plays basketball. Like he, he's a baller. Um, but it's a whole different skill set. If you're saying Rubio, then that means he's an athletic Ricky, Ricky Rubio. I'll take that on my team any day. An athletic Ricky <laughs> Rubio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ricky Rubio could ball. He definitely could ball. Okay. I, you know. Um, okay. Okay. So, so I mean, so but, I but the answer to answer Jimmy's question, I don't, I don't believe in the whole shutdown thing. You know what I'm saying? I think you're basically, I don't know. They're just trying to cop out to the to the situation. I'm like, shut down for what? You get paid to play? Go out there and play. Um, it, there's no such thing, and I've heard this too. There's no such thing resting for next year. Like you got a whole option for that, especially if you don't make the playoffs. Then LeBron will get way yeah, more rest. He's forgotten. Now that I think about but, it, you 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 chase and ghosts anyway. Go out there and get your points up, so you can have less points to get next year. <laughs> right, right. So you can pass Kobe in, uh, in his own uh, uniform. But um, Yo, Bron got to kind of new. The it seems like the media kind of gives. You know, they kind of give LeBron. Uh, so I guess it's Kevin Durant was talking about um, the media fanboys, but. Don't really question about too many other people. Okay, the first time in 13 years that his team is not in playoff, might not be in playoff contention. So should we shut down for the rest of the season? I'm like, for what? Let them play it out like everybody else plays it out. Like I don't really even get why this was a thing. But you know, I don't get New Earth either. Because so. because again, <laughs> LeBron is bigger than the league. Like. LeBron is at a status now, and I don't know who the next person at that status because even his peers don't have that status where you're the biggest story in – he kind of has, like, Peyton Manning status, right? Peyton Manning got to a point in the NFL where Peyton Manning was bigger than the game. Like, the Patriots would win all the bowls, and everybody talked about what's Manning going to do next year. Like, Peyton Manning status. So, when you lead off Sports Center with Brown, people – because Brown, like, we know that. Like, what, what, it's like a trigger. When you trigger people even on our page, is Brown talk. We could have a talk about how great a season – that anyone is having, and there's like, no one will comment. See, but then, no one will comment. Shout out to Court, listening because he always tells well, everybody else talking about it. And we've been talking about LeBron for a long time on the show, but that's not what I complain about. There's a difference, okay? You you really can't talk NBA right now in, in the last few years without talking a lot about LeBron. My thing is, <laughs> you know what my thing is on that page when every time you talk about. To be 
in comparison to the other. That's yeah, that's the problem. No, that's the problem. We've talked about I'm, LeBron I'm saying, for the past 20 saying, minutes on his own merits, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're right, saying. That is the problem. It's all about, like, where, he, where is his place? Doing. <laughs> We're constantly talking about his place in history when he's still playing, which is funny in itself. Right. I'm just saying in general, like, with, with regular media, like, I've seen it in the, I've seen it in the office setting where, like, people are talking sports and, and, you know, they're having a kind of casual conversation and Brian name come up and then everyone in the office will turn around and have an opinion one way or the other. It's it's kind of crazy. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's sort of like Brian is like Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan rolled in one. Yeah. No, and that's because, the thing. Like, we've, we've acknowledged for years that he's been in the game. So, so I'm good with that because you can't have these conversations without bringing him up. I just don't want this every time we bring him up or every time. He missed a foul shot. Jordan wouldn't have missed that foul shot. You got the people. Then Yo, got, I hate that too. Listen, y'all, then you got every, every, fan base going back and forth every day about the same damn thing. Every, every play. It's not, it's not even every game. It's every play is like a referendum on his entire career. So it can be a little bit draining. It can be a little bit sickening. Um, but the crazy part is I feel like we're at a point now, and he's just the first one, and I think – Phil brought it up, I think, this past week, and I was like, yeah, you might have a point. He said LeBron is the first new young boy. I know that sounds crazy for our listeners out there, but that makes perfect sense to us. He's the first new young boy. Like, this whole way <laughs> young boy, he's the first he, one. He is the, original, the first. he is the original young boy. He is. He definitely is. He's, he's he the first new young boy. So I think that's just where we're at now, and we're going to sound like we're going to be pissed forever when it comes to this thing, guys, because – that's just what it is. Like it's crazy to see how social media has impacted the world. Um, because we used to joke about it, but it's it's so true how social media has made an impact pretty much in every walk of life, whether we're talking about banking, politics, education, everything. It's affected everything and this and this thing of ours is affected too. That brings us to the next little topic we gotta spend a couple minutes on, which is um Irie Irving's complaint about the media. Um we could definitely the MVP next week. So yeah, let's talk about. It. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about we can talk about Byrie's complaints about the media and how he doesn't mess with the media. Um, and I saw a lot of people talk about how wrong he is, and I saw Barkley just go in on him. So Barkley, <laughs> did you watch that clip of Barkley? I didn't see it yet, but y'all keep talking about it, so I kind of you know. Yo, he, get the gist he of it. my man Barkley contradicted himself in thirty seconds because Adam Silver was giving a talk and he was talking about. The pressure dealing with social media, and Adam talking to a lot of the top players in in the NBA, he was like, and they're depressed. He was like, these guys have anxiety issues, and they're depressed. And Adam Silver said his opinion is it has a lot to do with social media. So asked Barkley about that uh, comment that Adam Silver made, and Barkley said they making thirty and forty million dollars. Ain't nobody depressed. That's the best comment Adam Silver ever made. I got to do it. Right after that, right after that, he was like. Kyrie Irving is totally miserable and depressed, and I don't know why. I'm like, yo, you said it's not possible. <laughs> yo, Chuck. The crazy yo, thing he said is, it's not though, possible. Like, that, that's a silly thing to assume because sh- those be the ones, the ones with all the money. Yo, Jake. More yo, money, Jay more Jay power. Jake Jay Williams went off on him. He's like, man, listen, Jake Williams like, I dealt with depression, and money has nothing at all to do with it. He said I had a pocket full of money and didn't help me at all. I still was like, you know, going through his thing. 
Listen, man. Yo, dog. I, I, speaking of speaking of biographies, I read his biography, dog, and I I wanted to off myself. Like his life is just, yeah. uh, and, and it wasn't yo, and it wasn't yo, it wasn't just the accident. He just had like a string of like, oh, bad yeah, me, bad things happen to him. Chuck, if, if LeBron is, is is the young okay. You, go ahead, make your comment, man. Cause we off LeBron. Make your last comment. No, I wasn't talking about LeBron. I was about to make a point about Charles Barkley kind of being the last old head. So that was the oh, okay. point I was going. <laughs> Bronny knew is he the first young boy, Charles the last old head. But I don't think that he understands that, like, because first of all, Barkley's not even on social media. And the, the point Silver was making is right. social media has affected the NBA in a whole different way. He thinks that a lot of these players have anxiety issues and they deal with things that players in the past had to deal with, and it affects them. He said he sees it when he goes into the players in the, around the league. For my B, I was just trying to, I was trying to Kyrie quotes uh, before we had to go since this topic was because of him. He was in front of the camera. So I didn't really come into this game to be you know, uh, cameras in my face, be famous, be a celebrity, whatever embodies that. Um, it's a little hard for me. I wanted those things when I was younger, but now. I just want to play basketball at a very high level. Irony in this whole thing is he was he's sitting here saying this. Um, I didn't, you know, I don't want the cameras on my face. I didn't want to be famous. I didn't want to be a celebrity. But Uncle Drew had on. <laughs> like, yo, you, Uncle Drew just made a movie. Dog, you got you on the movie. hat. You had a major motion picture. <laughs> you had a major motion picture. You're wearing the hat of that while you're saying, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be a celebrity. It's not like I don't understand what he's saying. I definitely understand what he's saying. And I also understand how you could change in what you want from when you're young because you think you come in, you think that's cool. And then when it's the grind, you know, every day he's beat you down. You know, everybody has an opinion and everybody's killing you. And you got social media you know, on top of that. I can see how you could feel this way. But you got, you know. Heavy is the, heavy is the head, where's the crown? Uh, and I hate yeah. to keep bringing back Bordo, but Bordo has worn his crown, and you take, you take. When you win, everybody is all you're. You're to blame for all the wins. When you lose, everybody throws it on you. So when you go to Boston, and now you're the face of that franchise. When I'm you not- guys win and you're playing well, you, you get all the credit. But when y'all lose, well, not even in his case, they give it to Tatum anyway. But um, <laughs> a, a, a interesting aside, interesting point that I saw to this, and maybe I'm the only one who's like I haven't seen anybody bring it up is. Kyrie has been uh, noticeably spending more time with Kevin Durant in the off season. They caught them like, in New York. having a little. Yeah, they had they had a little they little powwows on the All Star, and everybody made a big thing for that. And we all know Kevin mm-hmm. Durant hates the media, so I wonder whether it's like a little bit of a his new BFF rubbing off on him. Pause. Probably, probably. Uh-huh. We we gotta get out of here. Shout out to B Austin's yeah. man, Mike Connolly Jr. He put up his first. 20-point game in the NBA after 12 seasons. Shout 40, out to you. Four. Yo, man. Thank you. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, everybody on social media, although we planned it. Shout out to y'all anyway. All the calls we called and got through, we appreciate those we can get to. We apologize. But tune in next week live right here on demand. We're going to catch up on happening in the NBA and everything else around the world and on the world of LeBron. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your start of the weekend. We'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do, social media, blogs, webcasts, 
slander, products, everything can be found at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. You can pick up my book, Sports to Book, from sportstobook.com or at the hub, warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. I usually look forward to the rub after the show, but I got to go drink vegetables. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.